0: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: Hi, everyone. It's Helen here, one half of your normal Squiggly Careers team. This is the second episode in a series that we wanted to start 2021 with, and it's all about being your brilliant best I'm recording this and I know that many of you will be listening to this during another national lockdown in the UK. It's such a hard time for so many of us. Jobs, lives, families are all being affected and I am so sorry if you are struggling with this right now. I'm really glad that you're listening to the podcast. I know it's only a small thing to help but... We want this podcast and we've always wanted this podcast to be a source of support for you in your career and hopefully it's a positive moment for you in your day too. So Sarah's not here but instead you've got me talking to the brilliant Ben Williams and we met Ben at an event that Penguin ran in 2019 and he was there talking about the inspiration for his book Commando Mindset. And as he talked about his story, which, you know, encompasses drug addiction um, to one of courage and conviction and a career as a commando, I was totally amazed. I love his honesty, his energy and also how he's taken his experiences Through his business and now in his book, and using that insight to help other people with their careers and with their mindset, too. So that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about mindset and we discuss resilience. We talk about values, which is something we're both really passionate about. And I loved speaking to him so much. I learned a lot for him and his approach, and I also laughed a lot, too. And right now, that feels like just the sort of thing that we all need. So let's get started, and I'll be back at the end of today's podcast to let you know about what's coming up next in our house
0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
1: Hello, Ben, and welcome to the Squiggly Careers podcast.
2: Hello, Uh, how are you?
1: Let's start with this, your career as a commando. And then obviously the book that you've written is on a commando mindset. And I think that... Quite a lot of people might see the book and see your experience as a commando and think that's amazing, slightly terrifying, I'm not sure how it relates to the work that I do day to day, sat at my desk looking into Zoom or Teams or whatever they're doing. Do you think your experience as a commando and what you've kind of created in the book can be relevant for everybody, even if that's very, very far from their reality?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think the commando part is very much a perception. We big burly men covered in camouflage running around doing things. But commando mindset, it's a particular way of thinking. And it's a particular way of thinking when especially difficulty arises or a challenge appears, hurdles need to be overcome, adversity needs to be dealt with. I always say to people you know I talk about the commando mindset commando mindset you know you're never going to be able to as a civilian access 100% the commando mindset because you have to obviously go through 32 weeks of Royal Marines training but a commando doesn't start Royal Marines training with a commando mindset as per se but they start with a particular way of thinking of I'm going to get through this really challenging period. I'm going to overcome the hurdles in order to pass out of training and join the Royal Marines, which means they start with something. They, everyone starts with this particular way of thinking, which means they must have had it beforehand, which when I sort of came out of the Marines and I began going on this writing journey and talking about my perception of it, I kind of came to realize that everyone has this way of thinking, everyone has this ability to tap into this resilient mindset, the ability to tap into themselves, to dig a bit deeper and push themselves forward. And that's really what I'm trying to expose. And commander mindset is my way of putting it. However, someone else may put it as a parenting mindset, sporting mindset, an athlete's mindset, business mindset, whatever you want to do, whatever word you want to put on in front of mindset, it's up to you. And that commando mindset's really sort of drawing out some of those particular things that we use within the Marines that anyone can
1: use. In terms of forming that mindset, one of the things that I really like in the book, well, actually, one of the things I generally like is there's loads of stories, like you kind of pepper the practical advice about how to build the mindset with your own stories, which are so compelling and so extraordinary. And there's one that really sticks with me quite early on in the book called Anyone Can Change. And it talks about this defining shift that you had from sort of where you were in the life you were experiencing to seeing this advertisement I think to join the marines and that seemed when I was reading it like a big moment of fate for you this big pivotal shifting point and I just wondered do you think it's true that anyone can change if anyone's in a circumstance where they feel unhappy or you know in your situation there were some really significant things going on there maybe we can talk about some of those if we think anyone can change do you think it requires fate to make that happen or do you think that people can create that environment, there's things that they can do where they can go from this situation that they might not be happy and that might not be the best for them into something that can look significantly different. And in your experience, you transform your life. What are your thoughts? I do believe everyone can
2: change. And uh, and I testify that with my own sort of story that I tell in the book. And, And for those which obviously haven't read it, just to give some more light on it, you know, struggling with drug addiction, unemployed, really questioning why I'm here and trying to make a very tough decision whether I'm going to carry on living or not. You know, it's a real dark point in my life. And I think actually, yeah, there probably is a bit of fate to play in there. But I also think there's also 50% create in there as well. And the reason I mix the both is because the fate part was bottling it, not going through with it, not doing it, something just coming over me that says, don't do this, and actually being lost in myself. You know, that sort of fate of actually being I don't even know what I'm doing here right now. And I've got no recollection of that time, whether it was a couple of hours or whether it was a day or two. And I believe there was fate in seeing this video pop up on YouTube. You know, I didn't click for it. I didn't look for it. It just appeared. And actually what it did was trigger a way of thinking that took me back to being a young boy when I used to go to the Royal Marines Museum and feel inspired by the pictures and wanting to actually join and living this quite innocent life of hiding in bushes with my brother and want to be an army man. And I think the fate part of it was this video just randomly appears on YouTube and not searching for it. it appears. I see it. It reminds me. And then it sort of pushes me into this create phase. What am I doing? Why am I thinking like this? I used to have this incredible ambition. I used to be inspired by something and I've lost it along the way. And it was a very sod this. Let's get a grip of yourself. And that sort of turning point for me personally, where it goes from fate to create of it's that wake up call. But then Everyone has wake up calls, you know, COVID itself has been a massive wake up call for a lot of people. And it takes that sort of nudge of fate to go wake up. But then when you've woken up or you're prompted to wake up, then you've got to do something about it. And that's when you have to go on this sometimes dark, difficult, adverse, positive, whatever you want to look at it, journey to then begin that creation of what that next step is for you. And for me, it was ditch the drugs, stop wasting your life, get a grip of yourself Go and do something that you want to do, and that was to join the marines
1: and when you talked about you know remembering being in the bushes and your memories of a childhood, that was a source of inspiration for you that gave you like the impetus for that action, like massive action that you took and inspiration's a really big part of the book. So does a lot of inspiration come from looking back, like looking at times in your life of, of people are listening and they're thinking, OK, if inspiration's part of how I can create change for myself, is one of the things that you would recommend to people? Think about those moments in your life before now when you were at your best and you were inspired. Would that be something you would recommend to people?
2: Yeah. Inspiration is a huge part of it. But inspiration evolves over time. So just to put it back into my own shoes, just for an example, the inspiration for me was to get clean and get to the gates of the Marines, get to day one. But then when I got to day one, that sort of inspiration of getting clean has fizzled away. I am clean. I am moving on to the next part of my life. And so the inspiration then evolves and it evolves into, right, now I need to conduct this 32 week course to go and earn the green beret and even within that there's little inspirations every week i have to do this week's training i have to do this week then you pass out of training then you go off to combat and you're inspired by the people around you and it's no longer about earning the beret it's about upholding it and being in action and and so on and so on so there's very much two angles of it it's i like to sort of grab a few things that have inspired me in the past and that what drive me forward and I also like to look at things of what inspires me that I'd like to achieve. When we can tap into those things that genuinely make us feel good and make us feel ambitious, then you know you're aligning to what inspires you, which can drive you forward. You know, one of my biggest inspirations now, my children, I actually find looking at them and looking at their innocence every time you go home is, is more compelling when things are actually going wrong. And when things feel against you, you look at them and, and they remind us of sometimes the simpler times and actually why we're doing what we're doing. And it kind of builds you up, doesn't it? Like, actually, I'm going to go and take this on. When success is there, it's, it's very easy to get lost in it and keep with that flow and not remind yourself of why you're doing what you're doing. When it's going a little bit iffy, you look at what inspires you. And that's what I genuinely think helps drive people forward.
1: It reminds me a bit of Angela Duckworth's work around grit. In our sessions, sometimes we try and summarize it as these like four Ps that help people with grit. And listening to you, I can almost hear them in in what you're saying. And the first one is purpose. Like, if you want to stick at anything, 32 weeks of what I assume is very hard training, like, what's your why? Like, what's your purpose? And then the second P is positive, like, what keeps you smiling through it all? And the third one was about the people that you surround yourself with. So that if you were the sum of the five people that you spend the most time with, Are they five people that can help you to stay gritty? Are they, you know, people that distract you or demotivate you? Because that's not going to help you stick at the stuff that you want to see through. And then the last P is all about progress. And just listening to you saying, like, first of all, it was day one. And then it was sort of week one. And how are you really thinking about the progress? Because sometimes going from A to Z can feel like, you know, from day one to the end of week 32 would have felt massive, I would imagine. But just getting to the end of week one or whatever those milestones were would have helped you to stick with things
2: so uh raw marines training is broken up into five parts so you have foundation which is three weeks long and you spend basically two weeks in a block side by side with 60 guys then you move into phase one which takes you up to week 15 then you go into phase two which takes you up to week 28 and then you do commando phase and all those phases are made up of weeks as i just said there. And i remember i remember getting to training and i was a bit bewildered you know i just sort of battled off my addictions and I've just got to the gates is quite a thing and I was really inspired I was like this is an awesome part of the journey I'm here I've made it like that was my thinking I kind of neglected this hang on there's eight months ahead of me I was just (laughs) like yeah I'm I'm here and here we are anyway so marines training is very surreal it was day two and we're all stood there in three ranks inside the foundation block and I look as I look now sort of lightly shaved head not the beard and a bit more gaunt And we all stood there and everyone was really quiet. I whispered to the lad next to me, I don't know what came over me. And I whispered to him, I went, I can't wait to get on that 30 miler. And the 30 miler is like the final test of Royal Marines training of the commando phase. And (laughs) it's 30 miles across Dartmoor. And he just went, shh, like shushed me. I can't even remember why we were waiting there, but our instructor wasn't nearby. Well, I didn't think he was Anyway. So I was like, "I did it!" Like had this really sort of pathetic conversation with him. Like, oh, did you hear what I said?" Can't wait to that thirty <laughs> I'm Trying to get to know this guy, and out of nowhere, this voice just booms, oi! And everyone was like, obviously already quiet, is even more quiet. And I thought, "Ah, oh, bet that's aimed at me." <laughs> I just <laughs> stay quiet. I just stay quiet. Just look forward and and, and try to just be the grey man. Obviously, I was rainbows at this point. And I, what's your name? It's like. Hopefully it's definitely someone else. And then this, this instructor just appeared in my face and it, he was wearing the green beret and he was dressed immaculately and he, and he just delivers this really hard-hitting message. out. Like, what did you say? And I don't know why. I literally had an out-of-body experience and I felt like I was stood next to him with like my arms folded like a disappointed mother tapping my feet, looking back at myself. As I then rolled out the sentence, and I don't know why I told him, but I just went... Oh, I just said, I'm really looking forward to being on the 30-miler corporal. And he was like, you'd be lucky to get out this block if I have anything to do with it. But it was just this sudden wake-up call where I thought, oh, my God, this is actually 32 weeks long. And although, like, earning the Green berry, you know, I've got it behind me on the wall there, was this inspiring thing to go and achieve. Actually, I had to get through today. And I had to get through tomorrow. And I had to get through next week. And actually, what I went and did was, each week, there's another troop in front of you two weeks ahead. And so I stopped looking at the end troop. Every two weeks, a troop would pass out in their immaculate uniform. There they go off on their journey. You know, you get lost looking at those guys thinking, oh, wow, I can't wait to be in that position. And I ended up just ignoring it and just focusing on the troop ahead and just listening to what they had to say about how they got through that next exercise, what the next week entails and, and tried to feel more inspired by them, even though they're only two weeks ahead of us. And you get this wall planner, which basically has every week on it as well. And I just blanked out all the weeks and just had the next week on there. And every time we completed that week, we took it off and we had a beer and we celebrated and then the next week, next week. And actually it was a real nice way of being able to know where you're going, knowing that the point Z is this Royal Marines signature of approval, Green Beret and go off into the career, but you've got to get through B, C, D, E, F, G all the way through. So that was our way of staying, or my way of staying, yeah, having that grit and determination to just keep tapping off each week as opposed to, right, when's the 32nd week coming?
1: One of the things that I um, really like in the book and that I think is something that we share is the importance of knowing what your values are and applying them to the work that we do. And when I got to that in your book, I was like, yes, yes, more work on values. Can you share a bit on your experience of understanding what your values are and how they've come to play in in your career in in the marines and in now
2: yeah so i think values are so important and i think sometimes in the business world they can be a little bit overused in the sense that and you would have seen it yourself that companies have these values they state they say they live by these words and then all these things happen internally where you're like no one's living by the values here and this isn't right And that's because people maybe haven't had the opportunity to express them. They don't necessarily maybe understand them properly or what the business means by achieving them. But also where I've worked with businesses to help sometimes reform and restructure their values and help people use them is they've got to be human-led. They've got to come from maybe the humans within the organization. But I've been to places where commerciality and some profitability on the wall and stuff, You don't go home and say to your children, hey, let's be more profitability today. Um, And that's my belief around values. It's that you can have some business orientated values, of course, but what are the human words within your organization? And that's what I found within the Marines is when I turned up on day one, I didn't really know what values were or not really sort of heard about it. And this instructor pushed a, a bit of paper into all of our all of our chests, learn them by the end of the day and know what they mean by the end of the week. And it was like excellence, determination, courage, integrity, humility, discipline, cheerfulness in the face of adversity is great one. And these were the spirits and the values of the Marines. And, you know, even on that moment, it's like, oh, God, another thing to learn. Uh, courage, determination, you know, trying to go through this list. But then when you progress through training and then you go into combat situations and you go through your career, you really see what courage looks like. You really see what determination looks like, discipline, cheerfulness. And I remember doing some work with the business last year. We went and did a consulting, two-day consulting package for them to understand what some of the people gripes were throughout the organization. What do they want? What do they? And um, I remember coming up against a real sweet, but quite to the point young lady. I asked her, and I'm quite passionate about, as you can tell through the book about values, very passionate. And I said to her, what do you think of the word values? Like it just came up in conversation. She was, ah, oh, it's a load of pish, isn't it? a load of tosh and we had this conversation about how values are a load of tosh and blah 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 and i went oh, okay that's a fair point point. and she was like i don't really buy into business values i don't really have my own i'm sort of just not really inspired by it and everyone's entitled to their opinion totally get that but i did say to her i was like what do you do at the weekend and she was like oh i'm I go up to the mountains, this is in Wales, I go mountain biking, I like rock climbing, I just like being in the wild. Okay, that's cool, that's interesting. So if I said to you the word adventure, what do you think? Her face changed completely, like everything just changed. And she's like, oh, well, it's sort of, you know, out there doing things and her hands moved and she was completely animated. I said, so imagine if you came into work and you saw that word on the wall, which said adventure, What does that mean? She was like, Well, I'm committed to it. I believe in it. I said, So you do like values. And it just kind of, we got to the point, and I wasn't trying to convince her that she needed values. I just wanted her to see actually values can be anything. They're from the angle you perceive it. And that's a very human word for her. That's a people driven word for her because she's bought into it. And that for me is working with businesses to say, You know, how many of these words come from the people? How many of these words do the people actually believe in? Because you get your values right and people will fight tooth and nail for them. You know, you take into account the Marines as you a paid £18,500 pounds a year to be going through doorways where you can hear the enemy talking on the other side of the wall. You're not doing it for money. You're not doing it for queen and country or the government. You're doing it for the guys and girls around you. And that's a commitment, of courage, determination, unselfishness to get through those difficult situations. They're so powerful, and businesses can tap into them, right? Values are so powerful.
1: Oh, I love that. I absolutely love it. And you also, when you talked about a bit of paper, I mean, my coach didn't slam a bit of paper on my chest. Uh, I can imagine that would be a memorable experience. But you, you mentioned one of the values of courage. And in the book, you talk about like a four step process to sort of getting towards courage. That really resonated with me because I think there's a lot of pictures and there's a lot of quotes that say, you know, just get into your courage zone. You shouldn't spend any time in your comfort zone. You should just get out there into your courage zone. And I don't think that's an easy thing for people to do because A, I think it's relative, like your courage zone would look very different to mine. And I don't think you can just, flick a switch overnight and go from a, I feel comfortable and stable and I know the work that I'm doing to feeling, you know, at the extremes of this kind of, I'm in this courage zone where I might feel out of my depth and not in control. Can you just talk a little bit through those four steps? Because I think that would be really helpful. Maybe someone's thinking... Now, in 2021, and they're thinking, I really want to push myself this year, but I don't quite know how to get from where I am today to this kind of courage zone. What would you advise people to do in terms of the action they could take?
2: It all starts in comfort. I always talk about, you know, being a child with all this type of stuff, because for some time in our childhood, we actually are relatively fearless. You know, we have the ability to just fall over and get back up we'll try and do things as parents especially young parents you you'd know this you're constantly sprinting towards things to pull them back from somewhere don't go near the curb because kids are fearless but over time we learn behaviors we witness things we hear things and things happen in our lives that cause us to program ourselves as we go along some of those things can be quite incapacitating for us you know the I don't know about you. I come across a lot of people who've got a fear of talking in front of people. Well, strangely, when you were two or three years old, you wouldn't have a worry in the world running into a party or a wedding room, shouting "I love dinosaurs!" dressed as like someone <laughs> from the Thunderbirds. You know, you just had no conscious reasoning to be like, "Well, everyone in here is going to judge me." However, as you sort of go through school and adolescence and all these things, you, you learn as you go along that people take the mick, people can make you feel like this, and. And that's kind of where I think people get to public speaking is they, they just don't want to be judged and it makes them feel uncomfortable. But also what they haven't done, and I always use public speaking as example, because there'll be lots of people listening to this now who are obviously thinking about their careers is actually to do well in your career, you have to be good at public speaking. Public speaking isn't just delivering a motivational talk as Tony Robbins would to an audience of 1,000 people is talking to three or four people within your team about a report. It's talking about budget. It's talking to the line manager. It's the CEO. Justin, if you want to progress, you've got to learn how to talk. What people don't do enough of is put themselves into that situation. They go, oh, I don't want to talk in front of people. And when the opportunity arises, I'm just going to quickly get through my PowerPoint as quick as possible, and then I'll just go back to my desk. What that's not doing is going to create the ability to do it better in the future. So this goes through this four-step process. We all begin in our comfort zone somewhere. I try and spend as little time out of my comfort zone to be honest, because it's it can be quite a dangerous place. It can make you fat, it can make you unhealthy, it can make you poor, it can make you procrastinate, all these things. And comfort is what we know to be familiar and secure. Outside of comfort is this next step, which is fear. And fear is sort of uncertainty, the what if, but this could go wrong, this might happen, I might fail. You have to go through this fear. There's no way around it. You have to embrace fear. And this was something I learned linking it to values of courage in the Marines is I've seen guys literally standing on doorways, shaking with utter fear, trying to get a grip of themselves before they go and commit to the action. They go and commit to the action. And it's having this ability to go adrenaline effect, psychological effect. I can do this. So we're all in, we all go through a state of fear at some point. Every day at some point, we'll go through a state of fear. And, it, and it's how we progress through that to the next stage that helps most. Because then what happens when we manage to get through it, whether we succeed or we fail, we've at least attempted that task or we've in, embraced that fear. And we begin to learn something about ourselves. And when we begin to learn, we can begin to grow. And they're the third and fourth steps. So you, you begin in your comfort zone. You have to embrace fear then you learn about yourself and grow. And that learning comes from being reflecting on the situation. Wow, what have I just been through there? How did I feel? Did I like it? I didn't really like it. What could I do differently? The worst thing is to regress and go back to the comfort zone and go, that didn't work for me. I'm never doing it again, which stems from public speaking. No one's going to sit there and laugh. You know, We don't live in a world where everyone's going to laugh at you. But we laugh at ourselves and we inside we'll be going, I think they're looking at me funny, that person's yawning, all these things. So I'm not doing this again. And and there we go, someone returns to their comfort zone. The fear part for me is you're on this island, okay? Comfort zone's your island, and it's very basic. It's just you and Wilson from Castaway. And you can get by. You can get by. But you can see in the distance another island. And on that island there's skyscrapers, planes taking off, and it's a better island, and you're gonna have a more fulfilled life. So That's a new place you want to be. Now, you can even look at it and go, I'm comfortable here. I can get by. It's average, but it will do for now. And that's fine. Some people are happy to stay in that area. A lot of people want to be on the other island. What they got to do is they got to get through the the, the choppy, dangerous, is there sharks in their water to get to it. And that's fear. It's It's the fear of the unknown. It's I don't really know what's in there. I'll give it a go to see what happens. I'll build a raft. I'll take a punt of swimming. And you might learn there are sharks in there. Well, there are big waves. And actually, I need to come back and think about this. (laughs) But you want to try and get to it. And I find if you really want to be on that other island, you have to learn to swim with the sharks. And that is just part of it. And so the four-step process is really trying to inspire people. You know, this goes back to inspiration. goes back to the values. It's have that courage. Have that determination. Know your reason as to why you are doing this. And go and give it a go. Calculate your risks. Know what lies ahead. Know where the failures are. But embrace fear. we have to look at fear. You're only born with two fears, the fear of noise and the fear of falling. Everything else we accumulate along the way. Some are completely irrelevant. Yes, we need a fear of heights. Yes, we need a fear of fire. Yes, we need to keep ourselves alive. Fear of talking in front of people, is a bit made up and we can all get through this. And so it's inspiring people to step from their comfort, embrace fear, learn as they go and then grow. Be aware of growing as you go forward.
1: If you were to give people like one thing from your book, if we were thinking, okay, hopefully lots of people were going buy the book, uh, but for people that maybe want one short thing to get them started, and they want to kind of invest in their commando mindset, or whatever you know they're going to call it, but this kind of resilient mindset to help them to succeed, what is one thing that you would recommend that people did first?
2: I think the best place to start. It, does it sound cliche? It might do. Is just believe in yourself. It really is as simple as that. I and I tell, you know, my employees, I tell people I speak to, because I tell myself it sometimes, you know, believe in yourself. Because we do have the power to do a lot of things, you know. If you want to set up a business, you can set up a business. If you want to switch careers and, and make your career squiggly and go for something that you've been putting off for so long, you can. And I think actually the adversity we've been through this year should teach us, like I just said, to believe in ourselves, to believe in ourselves more that. It is achievable. Don't be naive in your thinking and be like, oh, if I just believe in it, I'll, I'll definitely get there. You know, we have to come up with plans. We have to come up with the goals. We have to be strategic, but believe you can get there. And that comes into thinking when you're stepping from your comfort zone, you should be thinking, I can step out of this comfort zone. And when I hit fear and when I do fail, when I do fall flat on my face, I'm going to pick myself back up again. I'm going to remind myself of who I am, my experiences, remind myself of that belief and take another step forward. And I might get back down again. And that's what to me it's all about, you know. And I use my own personal story of going from some drug addicted, suicidal way of thinking to doing 10 years service in a very well respected regiment and now running my own business and two kids married and having fun. You know, there are difficult times. I go, but that's when I turn around to myself and say, believe in yourself and keep going. And that's really what it is. It is so cliche. It is so everyone says the whole believe in yourself but by just picking up a book that is titled Commando Mindset and you're not a marine and it seems a bit hang on what's this going to be all about believe in yourself pick it up have a read and then take those lessons forward to apply to what you're doing.
1: So I hope you enjoyed listening to Ben and my conversation Um, I definitely could just kept chatting to him. I always feel energized when I speak to him. So I hope it's helped you too. Ben's book Commanding Mindset is out now. So do take a look at that. And you can also follow him on Instagram. I'll put the links to his book and his Instagram handle in our description for the podcast. So just go there. And next week, instead of me, you've got Sarah and she is going to have two guests on the topic of entrepreneurship and innovation. She's going to be talking to Jim Collins, um, who is one of like the world's best known management gurus. I never liked the word guru, but I think if anyone was a guru, it's him. And also like business thinker in in the world. Jim is amazing. Probably know him from his book, Good to Great. He's had such a significant impact on management theory. And so she talks to Jim and she also talks to Anne Bowden, an amazing female founder and CEO of Starling Bank. And they talk about, you know, how you start things, um, how you can be an entrepreneur, how you can be an entrepreneur, how we can all innovate in our work and in our careers. I've not listened to the full episode yet. So I'll be listening to the first time when you do too. And I'm really excited about listening to it. So I hope you're enjoying this series. If you think it's something that would help other people, please do rate, review. It helps us to reach more people that don't yet know about squiggly careers. So that would be a lovely way of helping us to help others too. But until next time, everyone, have a great week. Bye.